Do you want to do the intro this week? I could do the intro. Okay. I'm trying to remember what I need to say. Hello, Hearty Dice Friends. Uh, uh, he- hello there, and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. My name's Christopher Taylor, this is Crown Hale, and together we will answer your role-playing questions whether you want us to or not. And then you do a bit of... And, and, then, and then you do a bit of uh, patter. Oh, you see, now you've said, and then you do a bit of patter. All right, listen, I'll jump in and start shouting over you almost immediately. Have oh, a... Have a... <laughs> Yeah, anyway, let's 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 get some silence. Okay. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hearty Dice Friends with me, Chris Taylor, and special guest, never before heard, Grant Howitt. I don't I don't I don't get it. Are you are, are you saying like like people don't know I'm in the show? Pretty much, yeah. I'm the um, linchpin. I think, I'm the fucking I, linchpin I think, of this organisation. I, I, I think, in all honesty, mate, what, what you've become is is back. You've become background noise to my sonorous tones. Yeah. I yeah. think that's that's what it is. Always, always playing your own trumpet. Is that the phrase? Blowing oh, your own trumpet. <laughs> I will. I will blow my own trumpet if I want to. That's not for you to decide. You've gotten pretty my trumpet cocky. Is, is to be blown. You've gotten real cocky ever since I let you do one intro. One intro. Jesus Christ. One intro. Now I rule the roost. Next week it'll just be uh, welcome what to Hearty Dice saying. Friends. What? Welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. My name's Chris Taylor, and fuck you, Grant. <laughs> and Grant can do one. He's not in this episode. It's just me playing my own trumpet. is <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> Sorry, my trumpet's broken. It's, it sounds a lot like it, it's saying I'm rubbish. No, it's saying improv jazz is rubbish. Oh, okay, right, okay. And you. <sighs> so cruel. Hello, listeners. Hello. We're back. We are. We are. We are recording. We. I think this. This is the first normal recording we've had in about a month. In that it's it's yeah. the morning, and and there's I'm been no drunk. turmoil. There's been no, no turmoil yet. Yes, that's true. But like. I'm I'm living in the house I'm used to. I'm not drunk. I've had a cup of coffee, and every, and it's not it's 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 not nearly midnight. So I reckon we should we should get some good quality audio out of this one. Yeah, stuff you'll actually better listen to rather than yeah. just vomiting uncontrollably. Do you think that's what happens? I, I assume that'd be kind of cool if that did happen. I mean, it? that's like a superpower, but bad. It's like it's, I think I think like, a like badder power. I think like no. uh, Nick, Nick Fury would come along. It's still a superpower. It's just a bad one. I think that um, yeah. I think that uh, Nick Fury would come along and be like, "Boys, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. We've got a job for you. We want you to host talk radio, <laughs> but only in areas that we disagree with." Yeah, could you could you just spout some right wing bullshit for about an hour? Well, the thing, and then like, I'll like... listen to you and then vomit uncontrollably. I presume, seeing as they're written by Joss Whedon, they're against right wing. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's why, because then, you, the like, people who listen to you are going to vomit they? uncontrollably. They turn it off, so we have to lure them in with right wing. So you, so yeah, so if you right, if you start spouting the right wing right, stuff, so only yeah, yeah. you know, the cult of Alex Jones will follow yeah, you. Yeah, and then then the vomiting starts. You know, I feel that we've been moderately controversial in this in this podcast in talking about you know the continual um, romancing and long term sexual partnership with fantasy animals. But if there's one thing I haven't really think that we said enough, it's fuck Tories. <laughs> it does come up? I like. However, like, there, there is a dis- there is a disclaimer on that. Yeah, a bizarre one. Yeah, and bear with me on this. Oh, I can't. 
I really, really enjoy watching Alex Jones. Okay. Is because that... it's he's insane. I mean, he's actually insane. Rather than oh, he's crazy. No, he's he's gone. Yeah, no, he's he's shot in the head. Like yeah. there's uh, there's an excellent remix on YouTube, which I I really suggest you listen to. Um, just search for Alex Jones Goblins. Goblins. And he starts yelling about he doesn't want somebody in bed with a goblin. He doesn't want anybody <laughs> kissing goblins. <laughs> what? Right in the stairs, are going to look later. Yeah, no, it's 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 genuinely fantastic. I think I think in his twisted mind, Goblin is like left supporters or something. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I have no idea what it is. Isn't he under forty? Sorry, I think I think he's actually I think he's under forty years old. He just looks like that. Yeah, he's he's massive, and it's like he starts yelling with, "It's going to be a good show today because I've got a stake of so this testosterone in me. <sighs> like, we're going to rise up." And it's like, what? Maybe we should try that. Maybe maybe we should get our T levels up. Yeah, maybe have a steak. Got, oh, I could I'm, have a steak. I'm well. I like, I'm, I'm I'm mates with a few. Well, I'm mates with a few trans people. I reckon I could probably get a sauce and some testosterone. And yeah. We just like we we just rub it in our jowls and around uh, our necks to beef up our man voices. I assume it's like like that rumor about vodka in the nineties where you take it through the eyes is better. Is that what? Do you not remember from oh. Kevin and Perry go live? Oh yeah, because well, like, like, you can put it up your bum. Well, yeah, I mean you can put a lot you of can. stuff up your ass. Well, I know, but like, it w- help. but like it works. I think. I like, the Aztecs, well. the Aztecs used to, you know, pop it up there. Not vodka; they didn't have potatoes. Well, they, did no, they have like, potatoes. I don't know. Anyway, they didn't they're, have vodka. They're, tr- they're, they're chocolate, gold, and cocaine. What more did they need? <laughs> <laughs> like, that sounds like a that, that that is, party culture right there. That is a down good weekend. Yeah, it's, it's it's a shame they had to do the whole sort of like pulling thorned ropes through their tongues and murdering people so the sun came up. Shit. Hey, man, when you, you take enough kilos cocaine, of chocolate, yeah, five kilos of cocaine and some gold for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to give any kind of a shit about what goes through your tongue. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a good idea. Let's yeah, do it. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah. Do it again, Barry. Do I'm it ready. Again. It was funny first time. Yeah. Oh, I've never done cocaine. How about you? No, it seems like it seems like I'm already damned interesting though. I'm already kind of a dick, <laughs> and I'm worried that it would be amplified by cocaine. Yeah, see, I'm just thinking like I'm not I'm not a peppy human being. No, you're a very low energy man. So I'm thinking maybe that all that'll do is it'll just bring me up to standard human levels. I think it would make you cruel. Probably, actually, because because like I don't know whether I become I'll... become a villain. I don't know. <laughs> A top hat will just appear on your head when just I look back to you. Bing, top hat moustache grows instantly. Hello. <laughs> I've stolen all of your daughters. Um, I, Are there any train tracks nearby? One thing, I sh- one thing that listeners should know about Chris is that um, human interaction to him is a is, is, is a complicated shadow play involving puppets that he's just sort of improvising his way through. Yeah. And so I worry that if if we gave you cocaine, you'd stop bothering. <laughs> <laughs> and like and like someone would bump into you in the street and you just like calmly push them under a train yeah, just this is where you go to bed now no i'm much bigger than you you'd say and push them under a bus <laughs> yeah should we answer some rpg questions yeah yeah probably best rather than you know me turning into a psychopath on cocaine well, you know what? Which, which is not a fact we don't know let's both do it and see what happens it's probably not worth the risk, is it really? 
listen, uh, hearty dose acquaintances, if you've got a, if you've got a hookup, please send some in um, to hearty dose towers. And, <laughs> what um, a podcast that will be! <laughs> we we promise, if you send us cocaine, we will record a podcast. <laughs> on I don't think it's legal to solicit drugs via a radio show. Mm, okay, listen, listen. It's. I think it's. It's less. It's not legal. It's not illegal to give people drugs. It's. Le- it's illegal to own drugs. Right. So, I, I assume that because our podcast is so widely listened to, yeah. that all of the police are listening to this right now. Hundred percent. Well, the NSA are listening to us on the internet. Well, yeah. I mean, they can't not. They must be infuriated with it. They have no I mean, choice. We. I do, I do have a hookup for MDMA, so we could take some MDMA and, and record a podcast, and I can't think of a more boring thing to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> that would oh, man, just be of the worst. Man, my, my fingers feel really good right now, and I just want to say that this microphone is just top-notch. Oh, my days. Yes. Yes. It's, well, it's, it would be useless. Yeah, you know what? Don't send us any drugs. No. Send, send us drugs. Listener, listener, listener. I, th- I think, I think, I think. What you need to say is, don't listener. send us any drugs. Wink, listener. Come over here. Come away from Chris. Send us drugs. He can't hear us. We're over here on the other side of the podcast. What? Send me all. What was that, Chris? What you, sorry. You. What are you whispering about? No, I'm not, don't worry. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm just talking to the listener. And uh, we're, we're, we're planning a surprise party for you. Oh no, I've ruined it. Oh, okay. Oh, well, come on. I'm I sorry. don't even want it now. It's just a normal party now. <laughs> <laughs> it's rubbish. I can't go to that. <laughs> right, ask me a question. <laughs> you surprised by you wouldn't have a choice. Chris, this has been a All full right, this, 15 this minutes of straight... preamble. <laughs> yeah, we'll go straight into Reddit here. This is from This Is Never Fun, who I believe okay. we've answered a question of before. Who I can't remember which question, but I believe we have. Uh, suggestion for running a game well. That's a broad and... church. Um, yeah, I, I think it was specifically in reference to horror games. Ah, so you and I are masters of horror. Um, dab the... hands. Dab crawling animated hands in horror. No, spooky. Mm. No, but that um, is two spoops. Don't ever use that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, don't don't actually have a. Ha- we, we we should have warned you. This this, this episode of Hot Dice Friends is going to be a little bit spooky. So if this, you're the special Halloween edition. Yeah, this special spooky Halloween edition. See, all these other motherfuckers, they record those in October. We're getting our foot in the door first, recording yeah. it in May. I'm wearing a sexy, a sexy Dracula outfit. <laughs> I'm wearing a sack. <laughs> Sexily? It, well, it only covers the top half of my body. Good. I'm Winnie the Pooh in it. Covering the sexiest half. You might want to listen to this podcast from behind the sofa. Woo-hoo. Um, no. That's the question. Yeah, okay. Well, my favourite my favorite tip for running a horror game well, um, and, like, one, like, uh, the, mo- the, most, the most crucial thing in every game is to, is to anchor things to the world, and so therefore if you try and spook your, your characters, then you can spook the players because the, system, the environment feels real. But the, my, my favourite way to uh, spook people is to get in their orifices, get in their eyes, ears, nose, and mouth. Not um, in there. That, in character, I should note, not physically. Um, and yep. like so, <laughs> just, just very slowly, just just inching a finger forward towards their face and just placing just, it in their mouth. Just, just really. Are you scared yet? Are you scared? Yet? Like, really yes. gently, really gently, just putting a small pencil in their ear, blunt side first. <laughs> that that um, shows you care. I like that. 
I like um I like I like like oozes or beasts or tentacles or fingers like even fingers like like if if someone's attacking you that's kind of scary but if they're like if 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 they're like fish hooking you and like and like and like pushing their fingers um like zombies are pushing their fingers in your mouth and ears then the the correct defense against that is to bite a zombie's finger off which is pretty grim yeah well I mean I I had in one game I ran online while back uh, uh there were some ghouls in the in the mm. game <laughs> which are first off you know horrid cannibals living in sewers and under graveyards yeah, yeah. that eat dead flesh yeah um but these ones had developed a taste for living flesh right however they had a weird way of doing it go on they like to incapacitate creatures what they'd normally not normally fight and eat would be foxes and rats and stuff right and the way to incapacitate this they break their jaws okay so imagine, like, you get a fox. The fox yeah. tries to bite them. They grab both sides of the jaw and pull oh, it and apart. Just... Ugh. And that's oh, what they try and do to people. So they wouldn't uh... be clawing at you. They'd yeah. be trying to grab your lower jaw. Oh, that's horrendous. Which is just not cool. I had, um... Oh, there's an ant on my glass. That's not Sweet. a um, I had fight. I had spider ghouls in a game I was running a while ago. Um, and the deal with spider ghouls is they um, they are kind of ma- they they help spiders breed by vomiting eggs into you. Yep. So like yep. they like eggs, eggs, eggs sacs. Are, yeah, eggs sacs are good. Um, fact, eggs sacs we, are not good. Should we take a sh- should we take a brief a brief uh, section here to discuss our, our deepest fears? So oh, we're talking about horror games. Let's. It's super fun. Should we discuss? Because I mean, I know what all your deepest fears look, are. Makes me look like a dick. Do you know what my deepest fears are? No. Ah, okay. Well, let's just discuss Chris's then. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd then go on to tell us. No, what? I'm not giving you that information. Do it. You could ruin me. Do it for entertainment. Do it for the Patreons. All right. My deepest fear is of a creature which becomes bigger and bigger the more you try and hurt it, or the more, the more stressed it gets. I also don't like um, a creature which is uh, impossible to defeat but follows you slowly. The, the slow creature is a classic. That freaks me the fuck out. And like, um, I think it's a character from uh, from Neverwhere. There's a, there's two like two hired goons <clears throat> who follow the main character around, and they simply cannot die. Like they like you can't interact with them physically, and they are murderers. And they just turn up at the edge of scenes and watch. And it it really really shits me. I don't like it at all. They're really nice characters, though. To yeah. be fair, though. Um, yeah, Chris's fears. Uh, egg sacs. Yep. Balloons. Yep, don't like balloons. No, they're, they're weird. You don't like it they, when they go they away. Make loud, they make loud noises. But specifically, it's when you let go of one and it flies away. Okay, a helium balloon. That freaks me out. It's. I mean, I mean, and clearly, like, we can trace this back to a childhood trauma. Presumably. Mm, Kites, when same when reason. When, when your parents filled like... you full of helium and abandoned you. <laughs> like, that, that, like that scene in Harry Potter. What scene in Harry? Oh, what then? With the aunt. Well, they fill, they fill her full of helium. Do you not remember that? No. Literally, oh, I, everybody listening to this remembers that scene. I haven't. I haven't. I've only read up to the third book, and I, I haven't seen all the films. They're so good. They're all right. So good. They're fine, I guess. Love them. I don't like Ron. I don't like watching him or interacting with him in any way. That's fair. And he's one of the main three characters. Yeah, I guess they're right. I like I like the whole sort of child rebellion thing. That's fun. Yeah, 
that's a cool angle. Um, and I mean, but but Chris's main and most accessible fear is uh, things growing out of other things, namely uh, potatoes. So if you get uh, actually if, makes my skin crawl. If you get a potato and leave and leave it in a leave it in a cupboard, uh, and it'll grow. You know, like like um, I suppose tentacles would be the nodes. word tendrils. Um, then nodes. I, actually, listen, li- listen. I, I can text Chris a picture of potato right now if you want. Don't to hear do what it. Happens. I'm not. No, I'm not going to look at my phone. <laughs> I'm going to throw my phone in I'm the not... river. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will get out of this house. I will drive to the river. <laughs> I will run a bath. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait 20 to 30 minutes. It's a big bath. Right. So, yeah, egg sacs. Um, and, like, and like, if, if, like, I actually can't recommend um, drawing on things your players are genuinely scared of in real life. Because uh, that's yeah, not, it, that's not it, actually it a fun thing issues. to do. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm okay playing with the idea of something getting bigger and something, and, and like because those aren't really fears that come up in my everyday life. It's not actually like they're both impossible things. Yeah, um, I suppose. Um, and like, distantly, I'm all, I'm all right with my fear of nodes and stuff. Yeah, in games because it's not, because it's not like life threatening. Yeah. You know, it's not going to really affect my mental state. I just find them so utterly repulsive and disgusting. Mm. I, I, I ran a, a game of Pathfinder once, and it was actually it was, it was the previous one with the spider ghouls. And it turns out one of my players was deathly afraid of spiders. And I, <laughs> I was a younger man, and so I just, I just took advantage of this at every opportunity and, like, described horrible, big, fat, white, bloated spiders and then, like, came up behind her and went, BAH! And then <laughs> grabbed her shoulders. <laughs> And we are somehow still friends. I think. Well done. Yeah, but don't do that. It's a dick move. Um, yeah. There's a like. So I guess I guess that's the answer to your question. Yeah, don't don't draw on your players' real fears, but do invade their bodies. Yeah. And ask me another question. Or shall I ask you a question? I'll ask you a question. Do it. Make it happen. Seeing as you're in charge. I, I decree that you ask me a question. <laughs> Dylan Malenfant asks, Malenfant, Dylan asks, Gentlemen, tell me what the creepiest non-evil fantasy monsters are. Fairies are a given. So, we actually, unlike us, we had a little think about this one beforehand. Don't, don't ruin it. This is all supposed to be off the cuff. No, no, this one, I think, warrants yeah, okay. it. Yeah, yeah. There I'm, aren't that many, are there? I got out my monster manual and had a look, and everything that was creepy was evil. Yeah. Um, fairies, oh, wait, obviously. wait, no, no. Gnomes. Fuck gnomes. F- oh, horrid little things. Fuck gnomes. The worst get kind horrid. of gnome. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get onto that later. Yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, the uh, gnome, Gnomes, I think, are the creepiest, but like they're, um, they're, they're fairy adjacent, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're they're fey blooded as far as I can guess. Yeah, and like I think that the thing, well, it depends on which edition of D and D because like the other ones have like talk to burrowing creatures once a day. <laughs> That's pretty. Talk fey. to burrowing creatures once a fucking day. Give it, give it to them for the whole day, wizards. Hello, mole. What do you know about nothing, sir? I'm blind and live underground because I'm a burrowing animal. Ah, oh. yes. Yeah. How about you, other burrowing animal? Again, sir, I am a burrowing no, mate, animal, mate, no, and thus you've seen nothing. You can only do it once a day. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm meta magic. How about you, other burrow, burrowing off. animal? Uh-huh. Apparently, apparently, that was a burrowing dog. 
That was a burrowing. <laughs> the um, famous dirt terrier. <gasps> What's the name of the guy from uh, from Tool Time? Home, Impro- Tim, Home Improvement. Tim the Tall Man Taylor. Yeah. <gasps> Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Tim, Tim Allen. gosh darn, I love cocaine, Allen. He did He did import a lot of cocaine, didn't he, in the 70s? Oh, he did a lot, and now. Mm. Oh, now? Essentially, he's done a lot of cocaine and hasn't stopped ever, mm. and then does the occasional Christmas film to buy more cocaine. Can we talk about Dean Cain on the subject of Christmas films and Cain? Dean Cain went from Superman. Superman! Actual Superman. I should say, quite a good Superman. He wasn't. He was. He was not bad at his job. I'm gonna. I, I, I'm gonna now, rank him in the upper half of Superman. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's okay. Yeah. Now, however, his career is almost entirely seasonal dog films, which is strange. And like, um, actually, can you uh, can you very quickly navigate? Let's just navigate now to the to his imdb page. Dean yep. Kane, dog. Not dog films, just him did. Go to his <laughs> That's going to be a bit specific. <laughs> dog films. Oh, there's a Dean Kane God, he looks. He's a handsome guy, isn't he? He's he's definitely gotten bigger. He's a good look. Yeah. He, well, he's he's filled out. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, but like like his jaw has somehow gotten more lanterned. Mm. So he's currently in production on Baby Bulldog. I now I don't know if that's. Oh no, that is about dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently he was in Supergirl as well, which I didn't realise. Animal lover Amber desperately wants a dog to love. When she falls for Shadow, she takes on her family in City Hall to fight for her new best friend in a race against the clock. I assume that's Shadow the Hedgehog. He's also so he's in so like, I should also know it doesn't just um it isn't just dogs, it's animals and seasons. And I guess like these are like these these there must be something very easy to sell about a seasonal because like at that point it's like ah oh, well, Jimmy we need eighteen Christmas films to fill out the schedule ah oh, get one of those ones about animals those fucking mooks love the animal films so for example he's in Horse Camp he's in a dog for Christmas uh, specifically he's in the I'm, dog so I'm who saved the summer same part of part of the section that you are he had um, he had in one between... film hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. in one film he pl- he was in, in in one year he was in the dog who saved summer exactly. and a horse for summer and horse cat uh or is it, he's in a, a horse for summer mm-hmm. the dog who saved summer mm-hmm. uh a dog for christmas yes and like five four five films one the, year the dogs. dog who saved easter yeah the dog who saved the holidays. Operation Cupcake. The, the dog who pill. saved Halloween. Does Halloween right. need saving? Evidently. Well, I mean, I'm... Night Before Christmas saved Halloween. Well, I, but it wasn't a uh, dog that's... who did it. There was a dog in it. There was a dog in it, you're right. The dog who saved Christmas again, apparently. Is that not... Is that just a... Is, is that like like when they made Doom and then they made Doom in, Doom in 2016 they just had the same total? <laughs> yeah. There's one here called five dollars a day, which is evidently how much he's earning from this. <laughs> but like, this is this is a fairly recent thing. He's only done this within the last four years. But for some yeah. reason, he started. I'm, making... I'm guessing he got kids. Oh, maybe that's it. Um, okay. And so he's looking for films that they can watch, mm. and that uh, that's fairly regular work. 
mm. but but like quick because like if you're doing Lord of the Rings, that's two years out of your life in fucking New Zealand. Yeah, but doing a dog film that's just down the road from where he lives. Chris, Which he was in Airplane in... versus Volcano. That is that is rad, and also he grew up in Malibu. He looks like he looks like a Malibu kind of guy. That's that's such a cool place to grow up. Yeah, God, he's so cool. The, those of us that, that grew up in Southeast England, <laughs> you grew up in a field. Yeah, there was a sheep nearby. Once a year, we would try and talk to it. And then we give up for another year because we just couldn't handle rejection. <laughs> yeah. So um, one one time I tried go north, couldn't, wouldn't let me. Just weren't there. Feel yeah. loop back round to south like in Pac Man. As soon as I went south, though, rightness in my heart came back. <laughs> um, I forget how we got to Dean Kane, but oh, the, point, the point is that gnomes are creepy. Gnomes are creepy. Yeah. Um, ask me another question. Alright. It's, it's Turb time. Oh, is it Turb it's time? It's time for Turb. Is it? It's always time for Turb. Okay. Always a little little time in my heart for Turb. Okay. Please it's help like, Turb. It's a bit like you've got a dessert stomach. You've got yeah, a little... There's, there's always you've that got little, a little po- Turb ventricle. <laughs> a little, little Turb pocket. I can always yeah. pop in more Turb. Yeah. Please help Turb create a game system that uses emoji for combat resolution. Ooh. That's well, that, that's tricky. I, I don't. What? So, <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna try and actually answer the question here because I'm a don't game en- designer. Don't enable him, or her, or them. Uh, we don't know. We don't know what gender them, Turb is. Sorry, yeah, it's okay, yeah. but, but we don't know. Like, I, I don't yeah. know whether Turb's a person. It could be a malevolent AI. Well, sorry, a benevolent AI because they keep sending us great content. Uh well, there's another follow-up question from Turb, so I'm assuming it's evil. Oh. um... Oh, we'll what's the thing you what's the thing you most dislike about RPGs? And they've written endless replicating prolapsed cones. P- possibly in reference to last week's answer to our, to, to, to Turb's question. Yeah, Turb, I, I I need to ask do do we say prolapsed too much? Because I think, I, I think we might. I think we've said prolapsed in at least four episodes so far. And considering this is a considering this is a role playing game advice program. There's probably more prolapses than you were expecting. Don't you just say prolapse at all? No, but it's a really funny word. It is. I don't know why it's so funny, but I do giggle when I hear it. Yeah. Um, I think, like, to actually answer this question, use a rock, paper, scissors style mechanic. So, like, winking, Happy smiley. Beat sad. Well, actually, actually you what, know what? what do you mean? Yeah, so happy beats sad, sad beats upside down, smiley, upside down, smiley beats eggplant, that sort of thing. Okay, so what does birthday cake 100 equal? That's what does a spell. That Actually, yeah, that's how you do it. You you use it like um, ritual comp- components. Yeah, you. I mean, basically, you take the magic system from um, uh, Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mantarok, Mantarok, eggplant emoji. And do that. Winky face. A winky face. Um, yeah, that would actually that would legit work. Like, I think you could only cast each spell once. I think so, like... So it's just, just to force you to come up with something new rather than just going, I did another fireball. That's interesting, actually. I like the idea that you can only like you can only cast each spell once. And yeah. you've got... And you, but the great part is, because because you've got your phone... Yeah. You do it in a in, you know one of your free WhatsApp, whatever the hell, messaging class, or, you know, Discord, yeah. like a real human. 
Um, mate, mate, no one uses Discord. <laughs> it's just us. <laughs> everyone uses Discord. It's not. Well, sorry, I mean, sorry, I'm... sorry. C- c- compared to WhatsApp. Yeah, nobody uses WhatsApp. Yeah, no, what? Sure. Yeah, carry on. I because I'll, you're I'll be, sending it. To I a... use Signal now. Anyway, what? I never heard of that. Sounds rubbish. It's, uh, it's encoded because you're sending it to a central server, or you can do whispers. You can actually do secret spells. Hmm. I like the idea that you're playing um, YouTube content creators or like Twitterati who can now cast spells. Yeah. Um, but you have to do that through manipulating emojis. I think. So, like, I guess it would probably use something like Fate Rules or Wushu Rules, something really woolly. Yeah. And then you would justify your use of this spell. But, like, you've got, you've got to really save up that 100 emoji, right? Yeah. Like that's that's proper yeah, like there's, resurgence. There's, there's, some, there's some interesting numerology going on with it as well. Go on, because you've got a lot of number substitution with emojis and uh, letter substitution and things like it's the Korean shorthand on online for laugh out loud is five five five. Oh, is it? Okay. Sorry. So that's not it's not really an emoji though, is it? No, but it still counts. It's, it's text speak. No, those those are the villains. No, no, but five 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 isn't that because that's that translates to ha ha ha. Okay. Because five in Korean is ha. But not but not an emoji. I want to stress emoji is like that that tongue that's licking stuff and then maybe no, the I, picture, I know, the but I, what I'm peach. saying is I think I think it should be expanded. Have you ever used an emoji, Christopher? To... Yes. Which one? I have used an emoji. Which which one did you use? Probably a smiley face because they're super easy. Okay. okay. Check me the fuck out. Yeah, well done. All right. Turb, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't be that guy. All right. <laughs> or girl or AI. <laughs> Whoever you are, you've gone too far from God's light. Here's a question. This question comes in from Captain Fancy. Captain Fancy. Captain Fancy. Captain Fancy screeching in on their radioactive rocket ship. Radical. Probably not radioactive, but their poorly shielded radioactive rocket ship, their hair and teeth (laughs) falling out. They're they're breached rocket ship. Captain Fancy asks, What's your favourite homebrew creature, of your own design or in general? Mine is the mightiest of homophones, the grappling hawk. Which honestly sounds fairly terrifying. Um, I think that's what hawks do. Isn't that what hawks do anyway? Well, yeah. Grappling hooks traditionally designed to get you over a castle wall. Something a hawk can just do naturally. And also, like, hawks' primary weapon is grappling. So Those claws, isn't it? Yeah, and they grab things. Maybe, and then they maybe it's not that sort of grappling. Maybe it's just a really big wrestler. Maybe, maybe it's, it's... It's a wrestle hawk. Maybe it's a hawk with the large muscular arms of a beefy wrestler instead yeah. of legs. <laughs> But completely <laughs> the rest of it. Can it fly? Or is, 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 oh is yeah, it, like, it can fly. Is it's it like those crows in Bloodborne? <laughs> no, oh, I love the, the dog crows. And just, just walking and around, crows. walking around on its um on its on its giant hand legs and flapping yeah. occasionally on its twisted wrist feet. Oh, like a boy tour. Yep. Yeah. Look up. Look up boy tours, listener. That's. <laughs> Why did I bring this up? That's my favourite homebrew monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A boy tour is a very niche fetish, which I think may have just been invented to... Um... 
I think I, I think like it, it, no one came up with boy tours. It simply occurred through through like a critical mass of internet. Yeah. But what if you had a centaur, but the back half of right. a centaur was just a bloke bent over? So, so it's, it's so like you just you have a normal man, and then attached to his butt is the top, the like the torso and and legs of a, of, of a man in a horse position. It's the contents of a pantomime horse fused together. Yes, and instead of um, normal hands, sometimes they have wrist feet. Wrist feet. I'd Let's keep my let that sink in. I'd keep my hands. I've already <sighs> got like four feet. I'm not going to be able to do much with them. Although they would be quite nice and soft because I'm not walking around with them all the time. So there would be that. We don't have to worry about calluses or corns. Yes. Yeah. Try and find a silver lining. That's what you mm. want to do. It would let me wear six different shoes at once. You wouldn't wear six different shoes. You look ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, I would look fucking great. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> How many dicks does a boy tour have, Chris? Too many. How many? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna guess and hope one. Mm. I believe the average is two or none. Do they really have two? Yeah, front Did one. You just a, Google that. Front one. No, I know. They have a front one and a back one. <laughs> I consulted the archives. Listen, average our, is two. None of our listeners have ever seen a picture of me. I could be a boy tour. That's not true. I actually, think... I, I actually met a listener. I met a listener at game camp. I had no idea I she was listening to you because you put out <laughs> you put out five to six selfies a day. That is true, yeah, I do. But, but, but only of my face. They don't see my delicious oh, that is, boy... That is fair. My secondary boy legs at the back. <laughs> you should take a picture of your wrist feet for the listeners. Uh, no, listen, mate. It's it's hard enough to take selfies using my using my wrist feet, let alone <laughs> taking a picture of them. <laughs> it's mainly a particularly acrobatic swish of the tail that takes the photo. I don't have tails. I have a third dick. <laughs> the back all right a big all squishy right, one right. rail it in that's that's getting bizarre yes well, just, well, thing is you have to make, you have to make it out of man parts you can't have a tail yeah it's true the rule just in boy toys let's just go with just another arm just another arm but with long 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 fingers uh, all this time dean kane has been smiling at me i think i Pedro. I can't tell which is worse as having having a boy tour's dick as either a long willowy arm or a a kind of a longish dick. The whole setup is disturbing. What about a very long tongue? That's probably the closest thing we have to a tail. Yeah. Just a really long tongue coming out of your coccyx. (laughs) (laughs) A long, a long wet tongue that rolls to, oh god, you taste it. Oh no. Oh god. Okay, you've fallen too far down your. I'm sorry. Right I'm sorry. I've, I've dug too deep. You have. Um, what was the question? I've forgotten. Oh, it was the favorite favorite uh, homebrew creature. Favorite homebrew creature. Um, grappling so the, hawk. Grappling hawk. So actually, Chris and I, while we were writing Unbound, um, we had to uh, we had to come up with we had to invent a bestiary, but we had to invent the the world's most generic bestiary that you could reskin. Yeah. But then we had to make it interesting enough to read. So we didn't want to have, like, dog. Cause, not like, easy. No, it's not easy. But we ended no. up having... Um, uh, we, 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 we had giants, and then we had yep. big giants, and then we had ogres, and then we had fuckhawk handlers. Yep. Who were ranged combatants who handled, who ha- who handled, who handled the fuckhawks. Fuck hawks. Because, and then we, we, had, we had the, the, the fuckhawk handler, and then the handlehawk fucker. And the... Uh... 
fuck hawk handle hawk fucker <laughs> the fuck hawk I, um, thought, thought I, could remember. I think it was just like a four-legged hawk yeah but like so like it was all talons just... it's ca- ca- like a griffin but not noble in any way no, just like nasty and, sl- and quite a bit smaller. Imagine if a griffin smoked roll-ups. <laughs> yeah. Generally found around bins. Yeah. Uh, my the other 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 thing, which well, I, say, I, don't, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but hang I really on, hang on, sorry. What did, what did they become, the fuck hawks? Because they are still in the book. Uh, they are ogrekin mountain folk. Yes, that was so it. I, I think like they have um, like they 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 can hurl rocks a long distance rather than summoning fuck hawks. Yes, the, those rocks were originally called fuck hawks. And I was, I was going to say it's not a sexual fuck; it's like a fuck. No, no, not it's at like all. It's, it's, it's a bad thing that happens to you rather than a bad thing that happens to you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, oh fuck hawks! No, oh, fuck it's hawks. Um, the other thing which I quite like is if I ever have elves in a game, um, aside from the spire, actually, um, every every elf civilization I have one fell two hundred years ago, and two still has its legion of black. Black lacquered bone uh, necromantic defenses active, in that in, the, in that the elves decide that they're too pretty to fight a war, so they simply they simply build and decorate skeletons to do it. And like I think that makes sense. We're going and, that way anyway. And you can have fun ones as well. So like you can have like skeletons with like two crossbows bolted onto their arms, and they've got an extra set of arms to reload the crossbows, which sort of lap up behind, so they can do fast firing stuff. Robots. It, it gives you a lot of yeah. They're, they're, they're robots made out of people. Yeah, uh, so that's fine. But that's like, cool as heck. Yeah, it's hecka right? cool. It's hella cool. What about you? Do you, have, a, do you have a favorite? No, hecka is a, hecka is a large, a larger number. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, I don't think hella's a number. I think it is actually. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite homebrew creature? I see. I, I'm a huge fan of the of the fuck hawks, but my choice isn't actually technic technically homebrew because it comes from a published supplement. It's but it's not as it gets. Yeah, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a, definitely not a standard um, creature by any means, mm-hmm. um, and that's from the Book of Unremitting Horror for Easter Crap. Terrorists, which is the Crap. Snuff Golem. Tell us about the Snuff Golem, Chris. The Snuff Golem is an awful being mm. comprised of meat, videotapes, and cameras. Go on. Um, that is summoned by the filming of a snuff film. Oh, that's nice. And it is awful. It's like it's like it just, like, it, just it, it combines the entire cast and crew into a single yeah. thing. It like there there are there are horrifying monsters here, there, and everywhere in games. Yeah, and it's rare that you look at one and go, "That is literally the worst thing." Yeah, nothing's actually nothing's upset me as much as the snuff golem. No, it is straight up the worst thing. Because and and, and um, I'll, I'll say this for it as well. Like it's not daft. A lot no, of monsters. Once it doesn't they get come off as silly. ridiculous. It yeah. comes off as wrecked yeah. and nasty. And it's like, and it's, and it's, all, it's, it's interesting. It's wrecked and nasty, and it's, an, and it's an inhuman kind of horror. It's, it's not like ah, the humans are the real monsters. No, this is the real monsters. Yeah, so this is painfully the real monster. Yeah. Ah, real monsters. <laughs> like, like the show. Yeah. yeah, the man holding his own eyeballs. But that is truly messed up. Mm. And for that reason alone, I love it. Mm. Ask me a question. That's my choice of messed up monster. Ask me a question. Okay, this is a Reddit one mm-hmm. from Skojar. Mm-hmm. Having both primary and secondary characters to play? Question mark. Mm, not, not really a question, is it? No, it's not. Why did you Why did you put it in here then? 
Well, I figured it's, it's an interesting discussion uh, because <laughs> because giving giving people more than one character c- to control is an unusual thing in role playing games. Uh, Ars Magica did it with yep. um, wizards and assistants and henchmen or whatever. I think they were called glugs or something. I forget. Um, but like that you that you play basically on cosmic, global and street level campaigns to put it in unknown armies terms. It let you interact right, with yeah. lots of different parts of the world, as and we also, so frequently do. Yes, we do. And I don't know um, whether I'd like it very much. Um, I think, like, I, I really appreciate the way that it separates the player from their character because I find that a lot of problems in role playing comes when people are too closely connected to their character and treat and them. Don't want to like risk them. They don't want to risk them. They don't want to do interesting things, uh, and like they like they they make safe choices, which is really boring. Mm. And like make interesting choices, make dangerous choices. That's how you get a good game out of things. And the uh, the challenge, so I guess. Oh, cool. There's a published supplement for Trail of Cthulhu, which collects all of Graham Wormsey's purist scenarios together oh, into yeah. a campaign. Yes. And it being a purist Call of Cthulhu game, mm-hmm. at the end of each adventure, you're supposed to have died and gone mad irrecoverably. You know, you're just a mess. <laughs> yeah. You're dead, whatever, it doesn't matter. So they've collected these together in a campaign. Okay. And what you have is you have your primary character, who is a person attending um, essentially an occult bookshop. Right. book reading right um and you sort of you're a group investigating the occult as uh, an intellectual pursuit mm-hmm. so you go to somebody's house who claims to have an, an evil book or whatever and you touch the <laughs> book and then you get sucked into the book's memories and you play out a purist yeah. scenario that's interesting and then you come out and transfer a portion of the the sanity loss to your main character mm. that's interesting that works um and so there's four of those, and then there's a campaign frame about it, and there's like outside the outside of the individual scenarios, there's not a lot of dice rolling. Mm. Um, it's about dealing with fallout and almost pure role playing, as it were. And then you go in, and then you've got literally throwaway characters. Yeah, you you are made aware that these characters are not in any way intended to survive. Yeah, well, I mean, so someone's um, got to write the book down, right? Yes, but that can be somebody else. How did they know? Doesn't have to be one of the story? players. Um, well, for instance, in the first one, it's the diary of I think it's a there's like a boarding house. It's the diary of the headmistress. Okay. Um, in some of them, there's photographs that were taken and then found after the fact. Right. Okay. Uh, in one of them, it's a character that was dying. Is dying in a hospital. You go and talk to them. Um, so yeah, it's rarely one of the players that mm. actually leaves the trace. I read a fascinating uh, so uh, adventure for Legends of the Flame Princess. I've been I've been reading I've been reading up reading up on my OSR, my old yeah. school Renaissance, uh, and I thought I'd have a bash at Legends of the Flame Princess because I downloaded the uh, humble bundle for that the humble the what's, the what's it called the bundle of holding for that a while ago. That's the one. And there's this really lovely adventure um, where you uh, you the characters find a they find a diary. Uh, sorry, start again. There's this really lovely adventure where the characters are tasked to go and explore a mysterious island, and the last the, the last people who've explored this island, it was about um, about a thousand to six hundred years ago, and and they wrote it all down. And so the players gather around to read their diary to work out how, how they approach, and then you take on the roles of those people. But because it was a thousand to six hundred years ago. 
everything you do has massive ramifications. Right. So, like, if you, um, like, uh, there's there's apples on one of the boats, and if, if, you, if you eat and throw away an apple, when you come back, the island's covered in apple trees. That's lovely. And, like, uh, and then there's there's like there's a there's a group of wild dogs that are trapped in a in a, in a ship that's crashed. Sorry, there were a group of, like, of, of dogs that were being transported for sale or that were just part of the ship or whatever. Uh, they're trapped in the ship, and if you free them, then the island's covered in wild dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that is a nice touch. It's a really lovely idea. Um, I think like I think there's, there's some fun stuff to be done with time and consequence and being able to take yourself out of the ideas that you know that time is a linear thing that goes through yeah. in telling stories. So I think that's kind of fun for primary and secondary characters. I think that... I think if it's done well, then that's that's worthwhile. Uh, but it's uh, it's a challenge, certainly. I wouldn't... I'd, I'd, I don't think I'd be hugely interested in having a campaign where you've got, say, three characters each. No. No, I do not like that, where, like, somebody's playing multiple characters to make up the numbers. Yeah. That's like, always awful. Yeah, at that point, like, you can just have an NPC cleric and you squeeze him. So healing comes out. Yeah, exactly. Um, but when when it's designed to accommodate a primary and a secondary character, like that trail thing, like going back mm. in time, etc., then that can work wonderfully, especially in horror scenarios. Mm. Um, but the rest of the time, it's just a ball ache, in all honesty. <laughs> you know, it's just it's a lot more ever than it's generally worth. Talking of ball ache, go on. A new question has arisen. Okay. From Neil and her son, or Neil Anderson? Neil, uh, Neil and her son. Uh, that's what I think. There's a story right there, isn't well, it? Which is yeah, role of sex in RPGs. Mm. So I Welcome mean, I, to big question time. I put this one in because we we chat a lot about sex on the show, um, and not from the point of view from people who have a lot of sex, but more people who think about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And specifically, what it would be like with an orc. Mm-hmm. And I should I, I, sh- I should maintain purely an intellectual pursuit. Oh yeah, um, orcs not... aren't real. Yeah, I mean that. Me saying that is going to become less and less believable the longer this podcast goes on. <laughs> um, but I but also like I think like I, I'm interested in in games about um, love and romance and intimacy, and I'm interested in that in, in its role in role playing games as well. So things like Monster Hearts. Um, and Monster Hearts is literally pretty much the only game that yeah. does <laughs> um, well Monster Hearts oh and, and Big Gay Orcs now now that I've written that there you go there we go get, get in there get in the mansion that um, that interests me and I think that there's a discussion to be had about this and hopefully you and I can have it as to why we get so squicked out about sex in RPGs yeah it's most of the time it's either like like going to the bathroom, it's just something that isn't mentioned. Mm. Or you get a fade to black, and yeah. yet we're quite happy going, and I cave his head in with a hammer, and brains yeah. go everywhere. Yeah, I'm I'm super happy to, like... like, like One of my favourite things in role-playing games is to describe either the player or an NPC smashing someone's head against the corner of a table. Yeah. Like, hugely violent acts. Um, and, like, and as we mentioned earlier, body horror, egg sacs, you know, um, mutation... All sorts of weird, gross things which could not get past the censors in any way. But for some reason, the minute we start kissing, it's like, ugh, kissing. And I think that there's, there's a few reasons for that, which I'd like to discuss. And I think, like, primarily, 
very few of us will go on to be killed. Very few of us will go on to kill another human being. And certainly none of us are murder survivors. No. But an awful lot of people are interested in sexuality and have had sex or, you know, are, are engaged in romantic relationships with people or, you know, wish to be in that sort of way. And I think that from that, there is a, a familiarity with the concept which makes it uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah, I guess there is certainly an element of that. And also the fact that one of the things that we see on television all the time is, mm. like, war reporting. Yeah. Um, and murder and violence and stuff like that. Mm. But we've always, like, when you were young, you the, 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 the channel was very quickly changed when it came to a sexy bit. Yeah. yeah you know? But, but Whereas like, somebody gets shot, yeah. whatever... Which is which is fascinating, and like I think there's there's something quite Victorian about that, and 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 the, yeah. the, the idea that say perhaps violence can be violence can be justified, um, through, and indeed cathartic, and indeed cathartic. But like there there, there is there is in, in inverted commas good violence to be had, and so like you know when a hero fights a villain, the hero's acts of violence are good. Uh, something like justice, um, or like violence on behalf of the state, or as as it's known. Um, <laughs> That it, that I mean, and so like we 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 are told, especially I think especially in in, in America um, and in like the more Western you go and the less European you go, if you know what I mean, uh, that sex is sex is dirty and shouldn't be seen and is taboo and, and fascinating and curious and ooh, hide it away. Whereas violence is, is is right and good. Yeah, and I think there's that. I think also the idea that um, like role playing games are traditionally a homo a homosocial space. Yeah. Um, like women have been excluded from um, from role playing groups for a long time, um, either actively or through not welcoming them to the scene, or through not making games which interest uh, the majority of the women out there, or or, 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 or cater to women's interests. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say oh, all, all women are interested in role playing games about My Little Pony, but I think that there are uh, like there there are certainly societal cues which uh, female-identifying people enjoy, and whether they're programmed to enjoy them or not, there are ways in which you can present a product to market it to women, or to say, hey, women, you might like this. And yeah. diaphanous robes and fuck elves maybe aren't that for most women. I don't know. I mean, honestly, they aren't that for me. No. I don't... I don't if, if, if I want to be sexually titillated, honestly, that's not why I'm playing a roleplay game. No. I've got the internet now. I don't you, elves don't need to be sexy. I can look up sexy humans when, when that when the when the mood arises. Or indeed sexy elves. I mean the yeah. law that going about. Yeah. Um But so so role playing games are a are a homosocial space, which is like, you know, where, where there, there is the idea of a safe space for to have these to have these straight interactions between men. And the idea of um, sexuality really jars up against the idea of that homosocial space. So, for example, Chris and I have discussed sex precisely twice off, off yep. podcast, and like, and like, I, I don't mean like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to do that? But like, actually discussing our sexual experiences, we have been blind drunk and done it twice. And Chris and I have been best friends for over a decade. Yeah, we simply do not discuss that. That simply doesn't come up. Um, Which is that... bizarre when you think about it, but yeah, um, it's just. How you're wired, you know, and it's just, it just, it's, it's, it's how we're brought up and how we're trained is that sex is not something which is discussed. But the other, the other fascinating thing, and something which I want to raise, is that, and also we're, we're a long way off funny here. But the other fascinating thing that I want to raise is that almost every great story in the world is powered 
by love and sex. If we, yeah. it, it, I mean, like love, love and sex aren't inextricably linked, but romantic love and sex are pretty close. I think we can say that without being too controversial. And to have the idea of a, an entire genre of stories, which is simply about things like revenge, which is simply about, um, which is simply about uh, greed, but not about love, not about desire, not about lust. And so, unlike the greatest stories in the world, and I can't name any great stories because I'm not very well read, but I assume the greatest stories in the world <laughs> are, about, are about love, whether it's forbidden, whether it's um, authorised, whether you're fighting for love, whether you want to win someone's love, um, and the tragedy of not being loved in return, or the, the joy of being loved in return. Um, most films are about that, or they at least have a subplot. Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, but family, man. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, that wasn't that wasn't me joking. That was like, yeah, even Fast and the Furious. Yeah, for sure. Like, there's there's a great deal of love in Fast and the Furious. I mean, the last film I saw, um, White House Down, is the last film I saw. Great film, lovely film. Channing Tatum, um, and Jamie Fox as the president of the United States. And Channing Tatum oh, yes. is, is is defending him. Really cracking. It's a diehard film, basically. It's cracking. Oh, cool. Um, but Channing Tatum loves his daughter very much, and the only real reason that he is here. Is because he wants he wants to take care of his daughter, who who is trapped in the White House while terrorists attack it, and and like and and like and like he does this through a load of cool punching and machine gunning and defending the president. But his primary motivation is one of love, and we don't we simply we we so rarely have that in role playing games. And I think that because the idea of love and sex and romance is verboten in circles, we're missing out on a lot of great stories and like. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of LARPs which are coming out of Norway, a, a lot of LARPs in general, once you get a bit more grown up and you start getting people who aren't just boys involved, and I use boys rather than men in that situation, in, in, in this, you know, unknowingly, I think you open, you open yourself up to a lot more, in, like, to stories which have a lot more investment in them, a lot more excitement. Yeah. Uh, I talked for, for sure. about an hour straight there, my apologies. It's, it's, something, right. I, I mean, it, it's something I feel quite strongly about. It did turn a bit Radio 4. But I don't think that's a problem. Should I do the Radio 4 voice again? It's it's an important topic in games, and it's one that should be explored more rather than just glossed over. Yeah. Um, And I I promise that uh, next time we'll make more jokes. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. We are going to make some more jokes. And like, we, we, we did some jokes at the top. We just, I, just, I just wanted to sit down and get, and get real for a while because it's something you want, which... You want, yeah. you want to flip the chair and monologue. Yeah, for sure. Spin the chair around. Uh, thank you so much. I, I, I hope you enjoyed this, um, this more sedate and serious end to the episode. Um, although we did and discuss... this more traditional format there. where nobody's lying on the floor Sorry. to record. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They're no in a railhouse. Yeah. And um, I, I wonder if the listeners can hear the trains that are going past my door all the time now. He is now on a train line. Yeah, I'm about I'm about thirty feet from a train, so we'll yeah. see. Um, but yes, thank you so much for listening. We um, the patrons uh, increasing every week. We're up to twenty five bucks an episode Popping now, off. which is which is fantastic. Thank you so much for giving us twenty five dollars an episode. That's really generous. And we will be getting in touch with the people who do certain backer levels soon for their yes. awards. Um, so we'll 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 set up the um, we'll set up the Hearty Dice Hangout at some point next week. So so uh, so from when you hear this, we will set it up um, at some point. We assuming you listen to this when it's released, uh, like a good Hearty Dice acquaintance, we'll, <laughs> we'll set that up and we'll play something fun. Probably Honey Heist, I imagine, or maybe The Witch is Dead. 
Um, or we'll just we'll just talk, you know. We'll just we'll just take turns talking. Just yeah. rap with me. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. Thank you to the patrons. Thank you for listening. Thank you for we we got some more reviews through as well. Thank you for th- thank you for liking and sharing and subscribing. We we live in a strange world now where you have to say you like things publicly, otherwise no one gives us money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out. Uh, instead of advertising. But yes, thank you so much. Um, I think... I think I love you, listener. It's been... The last few weeks where I said that I loved you, I've... You know, I was joking, and... I think I think that at every joke, there's, there's a kernel of truth. And that's what makes a good joke, you know? And... Well, we've just grown so close over the last few months now, especially since you started giving me money to do this. So and close. nothing turns me on like people giving me money. I love that. And so I adore you, listener. And if I could, I would take you away from all this. And we would live in a wizard's castle on the horizon. We would engage in hot makeouts while weirdo grells circle us and core. A growl is a brain the size of a coffee table with poisonous tentacles and a beak. And a beak. (laughs) I don't feel well when you talk about them like that. Why would why would anyone growls? Why especially with hot makeouts? Why uh, look, mate, just I can't get the growls to leave. Then I'm leaving. Well, okay. Well, I mean, I, I assume we're both making out with a listener. Should we? Are we taking turns, or is it like, like, <laughs> you, you hold them, I'll work the face, <laughs> but just for kissing and hugging. <laughs> oh no! Oh man! Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, yeah. Anyway, yeah. we do, we do love you. Chris and... will hug you. I will kiss you, and all around nightmare creatures will hover in the sky. <laughs> will dance and pipe furiously singing mournful songs of their home dimension improvised jazz I wonder if that's what Nilathotep sounds like just a load of improvised jazz he probably fucking does this that would drive me mad that's what Azathoth is into sorry it's Yogg'sothoth isn't it who likes the piping you're a Sothoth. Is it Yogg-Sothoth who likes piping? You're the Cthulhu expert here. Yeah, as Azathoth has got his pipers. In fact, most of them have pipers. Well, I, well, like, so who is who's Nilothotep a an emissary of? The old gods. Well, but he's one in particular, isn't he? Just like generally. I, I, I thought. I thought, I thought. He, I thought he hung out with either Azathoth or Nilothotep or um. Well, there's the, there's the there's the kind of the. What's the word for it? The, the three of them. There's the big three. Azathoth, Yogg-Sothoth, and Shubnigareth. Yeah, the goat, the black goat of a thousand young. Yeah, they're Which the kind is, of the three core. Chris. Yeah. Fuck, Murray kill. Oh, Jesus. Azathoth, Yogg-Sothoth, and Shubnigareth. Marry Yogg-Sothoth. Why? Fuck Shubnigareth. Okay. Kill Azathoth. You're going to kill death. I'm going to kill primal chaos. Okay. Is your so hang on Azathoth is primal chaos like like the inside of a sun. Yeah, Yogg-Sothoth is, 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 is time and Shubnigareth is life. Life. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, I definitely fuck Shubnigareth. Right. Although I would want to get up all in those spheres on Yogg. Literally, literally built for it. <laughs> <laughs>
like she she can manifest whatever you're into. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that is a, that is a day. Doesn't she live under whales or something? And like like the country, no, not the creature. Sorry. Oh, that's no, Seven Valley is Glarky. Okay. Um, no, there th- there's multiple different versions of it. Yeah, um, like, but a lot like, of them they live un- 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 like underneath and coterminous with the the Earth's crust. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like honestly, Shub always seemed the most. If I had to have dinner with one of them, it would be Shub. Really? Well, because it's gonna I'm, be the grossest. I'm alive. She's alive. Well, I I ha- one of them just looks like somebody's gone mad with a bubble machine. Yorks us off. Yeah. I don't think I could have dinner with him, though, you know? I don't know, just, it's just a load of spheres. That's you could true. just eat your dinner and be off. That's, but it would it would take literally forever. <laughs> <laughs> or no time at all. That's true. Actually, come to think of it, I don't think I'd want to eat in the same room as whatever it is crawling out of Shubling Earth. Yeah, the fecund goat. Yeah, like, whatever whatever it is she's creating. Fecund. Mm. I'm just going to say that word again, because it's so lovely. Beckoned. Beckoned. Moist. So good. Soiled. Spoiled? Soiled. Or plinth. Plinth. Fun fact, listener, and we're going to let you go now. Plinth is the sexiest word in the English language. And, 100%. Um, yeah, so. if, if, if you kind of fancy somebody, ask them to say plinth and watch them. It's very it's sexy. It. Their mouth makes a nice shape. And also, th- th- I think this is just a trick we used in first year to get girls to say plinth to us a lot. <laughs> yep. Hey, could you put on those glasses and say plinth? No reason. Re- presses record on camera. <laughs> like we had phones that recorded. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> sure, like we had phones. Oh, I, I had a Nokia. I, I, would, I would have actually like, described it as a voicemail. That's the closest I could have got to recording. <laughs> Anyway, we have gone. Well oh my god, yes, sorry. Time. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We love you very much. We will be back next week with more hot, fresh content. Hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama rolling that advice. Every man in here wishing. Mama rolling that dice! Every man in here wishing. We got a new theme song. No copyright oh. problems. Good. Bye. Bye. Bye.